It's the most wonderful time of the year. Purpose Pod! Purpose Pod! Purpose Pod! I'm going to count down from a hundred. No. A hundred. One. Go. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. Beautiful. That, thank you. That um, That is a good motivational tool. It's that... Similar to that rule of just like count three, two, one, and then just do what you have to do. Yeah. Um, which I'm very bad at because I'll sit there and go three, two, one, and then I'll just stay sitting. And it, like, I do that, but it takes me ten minutes to lead up to the decision to yeah to just do it to just three, two, one, go. I am not one for New Year's resolutions because I know that I don't keep them. But yeah, I think that's something I need to work on is just. Just do what the thing. Do the thing. Whatever it needs to be done, just do it. I, I was going to make a New Year's resolution to be more decisive. Like, you know, do we want to do this or this tonight? And I'm sort of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it sort of just hit me like, well, I'm coming up with this in November. Why can't I just start yeah. now? Mm, there you go. You know, so I'm trying yeah. It's, you know, it's not been a smooth road. It doesn't matter. But I'm trying. No, you are doing great. Um, I don't feel great. I'm, I don't know what's going on with my throat at the moment, but I'm feeling kind of sick. I mean, at least I, you know, got tested and I don't have coronavirus, so that's good. Yep, that's a plus. Uh, that's a, that's a big plus. I didn't want to be, I don't want to be that one person that's just like ruined it for an entire state. That, yeah, it would. I do remember there was like one day where I think there was one case still in recovery, but aside from that, we we're all in the clear. It must have just felt so bad to be that one person. Just yeah. Like, <sighs> yeah. But anyway. But no, what does feel good, and, and, and I will say, um, don't you dare make me laugh in this episode because I will have a coughing fit. Okay. Could you imagine someone like laughing and then get visibly angry at you for making them laugh (laughs) (laughs) i can't like just this like almost like rubber band effect of you know happiness and and laughter and and then turned into just anger (laughs) (laughs) sort of like the inverse of like when someone's mad at you and you laugh and you shouldn't laugh yeah 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 always a challenge <laughs> but yeah so uh if i lose my voice halfway through um it's because i was way too funny yeah yeah uh your dream come true if i lose my voice look it, it would be a welcome reprieve i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but what does feel good though is that we're halfway through the christmas episodes yes yay yeah it like it's literally the week before Christmas, and I it does not feel like it. Because we've done because we our families have sort of said nah, no presents. We don't do presents with our friends. No. Nah. Uh, we have sort of said nah, no presents. Yeah. Um, we'll go stay in a nice hotel or something. Mm. Um, 
So, yeah, and we haven't set up the house for Christmas or anything like that, so... Yeah, it just... And, like, I don't really care. Like, I never really have, but... Especially this year, it's just like, huh. It is very, very close to Christmas. But... So, yeah, I'm quite happy to power through the Christmas songs. I think (laughs) I'm... More so than usual. I think for Christmas... As I get older, the thing I'm most looking forward to is just delicious food. Mm, same. Just going to... I just want to go to any family's house and just eat their delicious food. Just some unassuming family. Th- that scene from Ferris Bueller when he's, <laughs> yeah. when he's running home and, and he just walks through the house. Oh, he runs through the house and... Mm. Ooh, dinner smells ready. <laughs> Dinner's ready. <laughs> uh... I remember listening to a thing... We'll get to the song. Well, we'll... What's the song first, and then I'll go back to Ferris Bueller. Sure. This week we are looking at the song Father Christmas by The Kinks, as covered by Man Overboard. So I remember, I think I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about a Matthew Broderick movie, and they went to the topic of Ferris Bueller. And he was, basically, Matthew Broderick in real life is the polar opposite to Ferris Bueller. Oh, really? He was just sort of like... Yeah, I have never really listened to the Beatles before and uh and yeah, Ferris Bueller was a big fan of the Beatles. <laughs> it's just like oh wow, you really are just you know, milk toast, aren't you? Aww. Yeah. I don't have much to say about him. I do love Ferris Bueller. Ferris though. Bueller is fantastic. I relate to Cameron more and more with oh, every I passing know. year. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, he just wants to stay home and be sick, and Ferris Bueller comes and is just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. But one of these days, this will morph into a movie podcast, but that day is not today. This is true. Yes. So. Tell us about the kinks. The kinks. Ooh, I need to bring up my phone for that. Don't give my brother a Steve Austin outfit. Don't give my sister a cuddly toy. Uh, so, yes, the kinks. I'm probably going to butcher this, but I'm, I'm assuming it's Muscle Hill, North London, or Muscle Hill. Muswell? Muswell? I reckon it's Muscle. I am going to look it up. I'm going to see if I can see some sort of pronunciation. Because it's like, the, I think that we have a Muscle Brook over here, and it's spelled like that until you get until you add the book in, the brook in there. So, yes, they... Uh, they My ref- phone is definitely listening to me, because I started to type... Muswell, and it said Muswell Brook pronunciation. Anyway, um, that's fine. I was going to say, I was going to try and come up with something funny for Mark Zuckerberg to hear, but <laughs> we all know he doesn't laugh, so... Mark but... Zuckerberg can eat my butt. Yeah. Hang on. Uh... Muswell Hill. Muswell Hill. Ah, oh, there you go. Mus- so they formed from Muswell Hill. Muswell Hill. Muswell Hill. North London, uh, in 1964. My mother was 14 at the time. And my dad was 16. Yeah, what a time. I know. I don't even know if your parents were born yet. 
Uh, I should know this. I think they were a couple of years off yet, if not very new. Her parents are babies. Uh, initial, so they, they had a number of name changes mm-hmm. throughout their their run. They're still going. I don't know why I'm talking about them like they've you know broken up or anything. But so initially they went by the Ramrods, mm-hmm. then the Ravens, and then finally landing on the Kinks. Mm-hmm. So English writer John Savage theorised that the name, the Kinks, was to create attention. To be a little bit naughty, a little bit risque, but just safe enough to not really, you know, garner them in tr- in any trouble. Sure. It's, um, you know, I'm not going to repeat some of the names um, of, you know, some of the, the, the metal bands out there. But there's one that's two words. The first word is another name for but... And another name, and the second word is another name. The, the, the worst name you could give to female genitalia. So, <clears throat> yeah. Don't I feel like that hasn't stopped you before, but that's okay. It's the Christmas season. That's true. We should I, keep these ones kind of sanitized. I don't, I don't know. Would, that makes sense. You know, doing the episode with Santa banter and, you know, we we, yeah. we cleaned up a little bit for that. They, yeah, they really did leave an impression on us. I'm very aware that I swear a lot. I really need to fucking curb that, don't I? I do need to curb my swearing, but also don't tell me what to do, society. <laughs> uh, um... I don't feel like you swear that much. No, I no, I swear a lot. We're Australians; it's part of our language. Yeah, it's funny. Like when I was a kid, I was very much against swearing to the point where, like, in primary school, like people would be like, "Just say shit!" Like, come on, just say it. And I'd be like, "No, like I don't want to." Mm. And then, like one day, I finally, I think I dropped a fuck, and they were like, "What?" Like, and then I just never stopped. <laughs> and then it was the floodgates were open. I just yeah. If it hadn't been such a... Like, if I didn't see it as such a taboo thing, maybe I wouldn't swear as bad now, but here we are. That's fine. I remember swearing once in front of my brother. (laughs) I can't remember what I said. Did you say something like crap? (laughs) I think it was something... It was something that was... Oh, damn. I can't remember what it was, but then I remember him like... And I would have been, so I was old enough to be sort of picking up words, obviously. I would have been in kindergarten or primary school even, so it was maybe like six. So he would have been like 12 or 13. Yeah. And he just, he happily ran to mum and just <laughs> told on me. What a turn. And I can't remember what, it, like I said, I can't remember what it was I said, but he had to explain it to her. <laughs> and then she had to come and tell me off. Yeah. Your brother. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't we weren't the best of friends back then, but we're we're you know best friends now. So that's you know the main thing. Exactly. So speaking of brothers, <laughs> nice good the, save. The only remaining founding members of the Kings are the Davies brothers, Ray and Dave. Dave Davies. Dave Davies. I sometimes wish my last name was Samuels. Why? So it could be Sam Samuels. But why? Because it's funny. Hmm. Like if. We colossally fuck up. Yeah. All right? And we bring a child into this world, and that child happens to be a girl. Mm. I implore you, because she's ruined our life, <laughs> we get to ruin her life by calling her Mary. Sure. Mary Maryfield. But we're not going to have a kid. 
that's exactly right. But as I said, like, you ruin our lives, we'll ruin your lives with a terrible name. Speaking of, I've been mistaken for a mum twice Ugh. in as many months this year, and I think that's just a perfect representation of how much this year has aged me as a person. It just sucks. I know. How dare anyone think you would want to have children? I know. I mean, fuck that. No. <laughs> Sorry. So No, that was like the most offensive thing. Like, I've been called fat before, I've been called whatever, but like... Being asked if I have kids is the most offensive thing. Yeah, it's not even doing the thing of, you know, asking a woman who might have a bit of a belly, like, oh, you're pregnant. It's mm. that, you know, these kids are born at this yeah, stage. Yeah, it's like you... you how, old just... were, how old were they thinking those children were? I don't know. That, how old did they think I was? That's the problem. And then we would have these kids and then they would go and mug Santa Claus during Christmas time. Sure. Alright, let's get back on track. So, the the Kinks, they are regarded as one of the most influential rock bands of the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so to the point that they've influenced a number of uh, different artists and even genres. Or artists within different genres. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people like the Ramones, The Clash, Blondie, Van Halen have done a sick cover of You Really Got Me. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um... Which is, I think, is on their 1984 album or on their self-titled album. I can't remember. That's, that's not important. <laughs> uh, Oasis, Blur, The Vines. I sort of did get a pretty big Vines vibe from them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I could see, I could see the Kinks being the Vines sort of main influence. Like how, I don't know why Australian bands are always influenced by other other music, especially British music, but like Jet was just the Beatles. Was it? Yeah, it really was. I don't get not all, oh. maybe not all of it, but it was like definitely that's that piano ballad song. I can't remember. Look what, what it, you've done. Yeah, that was definitely Imagine. Oh and, shit! And yeah. you look, at, and and I remember, I remember pictures of I think it was the lead singer of Jet, and he was doing the long hair and the circle sunglasses. It was like, okay, we get it. You like the Beatles. 98% of the population like the Beatles. I think... You're more interesting if you don't like the Beatles. <laughs> I think the only thing I remember about Jet... Like, I did it, I did like their first album, Get Born, or whatever the hell it was called. But, like, I just remember, like... Because at the start of Are You Gonna Be My Girl, there's, like, the bass, like... Dun, dun, yeah. And then the... <clears throat> yeah. And I just pictured him, like, having a full-on coughing fit, <laughs> And just lost my mind for about half an hour. It was so good. Just imagining, like... <clears throat> what did I tell you about making me laugh? I'm sorry. I, I'm I like so that. Funny. I can't help it. I like that album title, Get Born. It's like, come on, get born. And the baby's just like, no. Yeah, exactly. No. I know what's out there. I'm going to subvert the, the narrative. <laughs> The mum's just sitting on the operating table like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway. The little, little baby's reading David Foster Wallace <laughs> inside the uh, the womb there. We really need to get back. I feel like this is one of those episodes where we won't talk about everything except the song, but let's just... <laughs> okay, well, about the song. Cool, let's so do it. It was, a, it was actually a bonus track on their CD reissue of their album Misfits. Which 
considering we, we did the episode on the Misfits, we, we know did. that that's not where they got their name from. They yeah. got their name from the movie The Misfits with Marilyn Monroe. Sure. So the story of the song is that a mall Santa is beaten up by a gang of poor kids who want money and not toys. If Santa has to give them a toy, that toy had better be a machine gun. It's an interesting narrative, like... I guess we're getting into the thoughts on the song now? Well, we yes, yeah. because that's our next dot point on mm-hmm. our run sheet. Mm-hmm. So how's that for efficiency? Um, like, it's interesting. There's some, like, I can't tell if the songwriter buys into the snotty, like, give us some money, or if he's literally just relaying that, like, when he was a kid, he thought Santa was great. So when I was small, I believed in Santa Claus, though I knew it was my dad. And I would hang up my stockings at Christmas, open my presents, and I'd be glad. Cool. But then, like, he's relaying that he played Father Christmas. So, like, he's older, he played it, and then he got mugged by some kids, which is embarrassing, but that's fine. Um, But then, like, from there on in, like, (laughs) from there, are we just supposed to believe that, like, these kids are just beating the shit out of him and just telling him all this stuff? Um, so I've written down notes for this song. Okay. Um, sometimes I do this. Usually it's when I, you know, want to have more coherent thoughts about it than just, I like this song. Read to me what the, uh, what the circled. Lyrically, it is kind of all over the place. Would you agree it's lyrically kind of all over the place? It, I, the only thing... Actually, no. I have a theory about this song. Okay. The mall Santa mm-hmm. is Santa Claus's son. <laughs> okay. Well, what's the, what's the first line? When I was a kid, I believed in Santa Claus, though I knew it was my dad. So, like, to me, I read it as it's the similar situation to, like, I saw Mummy kissing Santa Claus, which when I was younger, I listened to that and thought, like, she's literally, like, Santa's come down the chimney... She's kissing Santa Claus, like, oh my god, she's having an affair. But then you grow up and you realise it's... It's it's their dad. So to me, this is that same situation. But... But... I go back to the lyrics. Uh, But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came over and mugged me and knocked my reindeer to the floor. I'm literally just picturing, like, a wooden reindeer. I'm picturing that this guy... Is the son of Santa Claus? Why is he called Father Christmas? Is this a bit? No, I legitimately. Or it's someone who. Look, no. Let me go through my conspiracy theory first. Okay, sure. Why is he called Father Christmas? Because everyone calls him Father Christmas. Has to have a kid. I don't call myself Father Sam or Father Good Time. We should have asked this. We should have asked the Santa Banter podcast about this. Why he's called Father Christmas. Because he's the father of Christmas. Isn't that Jesus? No. that would It's be... literally in his name. I reckon that this is the son of Santa Claus. Santa Claus has not retired because he can't give up the rush of the night of delivering all those toys. And so his son, who wants to follow in his father's footsteps, wants to make him proud, is kind of a shit Santa Claus. So he works in the department store. 
Gets mugged by the kids. Has shit reindeer. No Rudolph. And he he hates it. Or it's a guy who loved Christmas as a kid and is now disillusioned by it as an adult. Okay. That's not where I was expecting this episode to go, but we went there. Truther. Galaxy brain. No. <laughs> I literally overheard two people at the gym today being like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but... but... But there was that one person who got an allergic reaction. I don't think I'm going to get the vaccine. I'm just going to let other people get it. It's just like, wow, we have not learned anything this year. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's... And, like, that's the disconnect for me is, like, believed in Santa, like, sick, whatever, became an adult, and he's playing Father Christmas. So, like, obviously he loves the idea of Christmas and Santa so much that he wanted to do it. But then because these kids beat the crap out of him, which isn't okay, by the way, no. but like, I can't tell if he's agreeing with the kids or if it's literally just like, <laughs> like similar to like the coughing fit at the start of Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Like, I'm just picturing like a group of kids just like wailing on this guy for yeah. like four minutes as they're shouting all this stuff at him. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, it's. It's not a funny song. Like it's 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 I I'll, I'll say it, I I love this song. This is probably by far the best Christmas song we've done. Yep. I think it's fantastic, and it's the I think it's the closest we've gotten to punk goes punk. Yes. Yep. On this podcast yet. Yes. But it's not funny, and it's not terribly fun because it is pretty sad that this guy gets mugged by you know as Santa Claus <laughs> gets. Mugged and beaten up by these kids. And I'm not advocating for abusing children, but that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie and Mac get bullied by by a group of kids, and then at the end they beat the crap out of those kids, like comically, to a comic degree, was pretty funny. <laughs> this idea of Santa Claus just wailing on these kids with his sack is kind of comical to me. I don't, like... Like, get your revenge, Santa. It's a very problematic thing all around. Like, but yeah, I'm just, the absurdity of, like, (laughs) I just, like, I never thought about it until literally right before we started this. Like, it doesn't sound like he is buying into their argument. He's like, I thought Christmas was great and Santa was great. To the point where I became a mall Santa, and then these kids beat the crap out of me, and here's what they said, and then it's literally just like... (laughs) The rest of it is all from the perspective of the kids. Like, even the bridge, or whatever you'd call it at the end, where he's like, have yourself a merry, merry Christmas, have yourself a good time. Whoops, but remember the kids who got nothing while you're drinking down your wine. I can't decide Who's saying that line? Yeah, I can't decide if he... Like, whose side is he on? Yeah. I don't get it. Because I don't think it's, you know, the rich upper class that are doing the Santa thing. You know, so I don't think it's the kids telling Santa, but then the Santa wouldn't be telling that to the kids. Unless that's what they're using the money that they stole from him for. I, I don't know. Like, unless it's sort of like a change of heart kind of... Like, the spirit of Christmas. Like, he was so blind to the idea of, like, yeah, Christmas is 
totally okay. It's magical. It's a magical time of year. And Nothing then, can go wrong. Yeah, it gets wailed on by a bunch of kids. And then it's like, oh yeah, actually this holiday is quite polarizing for mm. people. But I feel like that's very extreme to like tell a story of someone <laughs> who just gets the shit kicked out of him by yeah. a bunch of kids. And I I thought at the beginning I had to sort of check my timeline. I thought, oh, this might be a very like Thatcher era Britain. Yeah. It's not, because Margaret Thatcher was in power a year after. But huh. it had that very much feel of like, oh, the the working class is just yeah. downtrodden. Because like there's the line of like, um, get can you get my dad a job? Yeah. Uh, what was the line? Hang on. Uh, for, don't get my sister in. No, 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 not that. Uh, they said, Father Christmas, give us some money. Don't mess around with these silly. T- oh, no, that's the chorus. <laughs> but give my daddy a job because he needs one. He's got lots of mouths to feed. But if you've got one, I'll have a machine gun so I can scare all the kids on the street. It's just so. It's almost like it's. It's almost like it's got. Six different stories to tell in three verses. Yeah. From six different perspectives. Yeah. Like, I can't, yeah, I can't quite tell what the, like, I can tell what the overall message is. It's like, commercialism hurts us and capitalism hurts us, blah, Mm. blah. But like, yeah, I can't tell if he empathizes slash sympathizes with these kids or if he hates them. <laughs> Which, like, rightfully so, because they beat yeah. the shit out of him. But, like, I don't know. And they're kids. They're yeah. Freaky. I don't know. And, yeah, just that, but if you've got one, I'll take a machine gun so I can scare it. Like, that's dark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, like I said, this isn't... It isn't funny. This isn't a funny, fun song. When you really get into it, it's, it's a super dark Christmas song. But to me, it doesn't read like a dark with a sheen of like sing song. Like it just reads as poorly done. Not poor, but like it doesn't work. Like it doesn't translate. Okay, because I love that chorus. Oh, no. And that like I love it. But like to me, it doesn't sort of read like a sneaky sort of like, ooh, like this is actually cool. It's like, oh, Jesus. Like... There's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. Like, even if they'd just taken the bit out about the machine gun and, like, changed it so that he wasn't a mole Santa. Yeah. Like, if he had been a downtrodden kid. And, like, they didn't even have to beat, but, like, that's where I could see it being, like, a sort of, like, almost like an orphan Annie. Sort of like, like, Mm. that's where it makes sense to me. But this doesn't. Yeah. 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 Like I said, like, Everything about it musically, like the composition, as I said, I love the chorus. Yeah. The chorus is so hooky and I could sing that forever. And I, I, I love... really hope you don't. <laughs> uh, I guess you would know what it's what I've been dealing with with the Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, Look, it's been a hard year for I, I, I love you. The <laughs> Hamilton soundtrack gives you a little bit of joy. I just very quickly go get my earplugs now when I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, fuck, what was I saying? Uh, oh, like, everything hooky. about the song. And, like, even the 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 rockiness with the, the sort of cheesiness of the xylophone going off. Like, it all 
melts yeah. together, but lyrically it is just kind of a mess. Yeah. Yep. It just really is. Like pick a pick one story that you're telling and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so over the place. Mm-hmm. All over the place. But still, like I I can't really fault it because I as I said, I this is my favourite Christmas song we've done. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. No, love it. Cool. I mean, do you have anything else that you want to say or should we get into Man Overboard? Part of me wants to sort of get on my soapbox and be like, capitalism is bad, but like we already know that, so let's talk about Man Overboard. I say that while, you know, we're talking into the microphones that I bought from a big chain store and... Mm. Well, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, Man Overboard formed in 2008 from Mount Laurel and Williamstown, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Not Williamstown, near us, unfortunately. So, I don't know why I found this interesting, but they're a five-piece band. Mm -hmm. Um, We're assuming because of the name they took it from the Blink song, Man Overboard. Because Blink was an inspiration for them. Um... So they do the they do the Mark and Tom thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, two singers. They both play instruments though. One of them plays bass, mm-hmm. and one of them plays guitar. But then they've also got two more guitarists. So they have three <laughs> guitarists in this band. Remember yeah. how a month or so ago when we did Thirty Eight Special and we we're like they unnecessarily had two drummers. Yeah, Man Overboard has unnecessarily three guitarists. It didn't like I wasn't listening to their cover and thinking like man this is so rich and lush. Yeah, and full. no. Um, so yeah, the the dueling vocalists Zach Eisenstein and Nick Bruzesi both play rhythm guitar and bass respectively. Mm, yeah, alongside yeah as I said two more guitarists. That. As I said, as I've said before, there are bands that make it work. Iron Maiden has three guitarists, and they make that shit work. Yeah. Really well. Like, you can hear all three guitarists doing their thing. Yeah. Really, in a pop-punk band, you only need one guitarist. In a pop- like, Blink-182 make make it work with one guitarist. Yeah. 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 I would say it's as punchy as anything Man Overboard have done. And I listened to their first album, and their first album was sick. I really cool. enjoyed their first album. Um... But it's like... But not because of the three guitars. Yeah. And especially like pop punk, like it's not overly technical. And that's one of the things like it's... In my mind, it's always been kind of like... It's almost like streamlined music. And... It's efficient. It is efficient. Three guitarists just muddies the water. But like they make it work because they're a 
they're a very popular band. But again, like, that's not because they've got three guitarists. No. Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a, it's a bit, it's a bit strange. It's almost like one of them, it's like, yeah, we'll both be the vocalists. We'll do the blink thing. It's cool. Um, and it was almost like one of them was like, oh, but I don't want to, maybe it was the, the, the guy who plays a rhythm guitar, like, oh, but I don't want to hold the microphone. I'm, I'm self-conscious about that. Let's put a guitar on. <laughs> so, so, remember when we saw Angels and Airwaves at Soundwave? <laughs> and and he played guitar in some songs, but Tom DeLong looked weird without a guitar in yeah. his hands yeah. live. And he was he, loving himself sick, but yeah, it was Yeah, not. but no one else was. No. <laughs> no one else was having a good time watching him dance, like flail his arms around. That was like, so embarrassing. Like an excited octopus. Like, oh. Yeah, it was just like, and then he put, then the next song he put his guitar back in his hands. Like, okay, I can get with that. Yeah, yeah. I can fuck with that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, Thomas. So, Man Overboard were well known back in the early 2010s for their motto, Defend Pop Punk. That's hilarious. Like, I never realised it originated with them. Yeah, because if, if you look at it, it's got Defend Pop Punk and then on the top of it, Man Overboard. Oh, sick. Okay. So, according to the band's former manager, the shirt was a joke, but it became wildly successful for the band. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up in 2020, you can still buy a Defend Pop Punk shirt for $25 US. Shit. Yeah. It's like, funny because, like, defend pop punk, <clears throat> the phrase itself has also come to mean a specific sort of branch of pop punk, where, like, that very sort of... Well, I guess mm-mm. it does kind of describe, like, a lot of the sort of fearless, kind, like, that chuggy sort of easy Corey type mm. sort of... But, like also lumped in with like the bad personality traits that come with that kind of music yeah like i've heard other people use defend pop punk as like a sort of derogatory term for like just those real sort of punisher kind of people defend pop punk keep the women out of it that sort of thing Yeah. yeah or just or yeah like i'm gonna mosh and be a total dick about it and like flail around like yeah just that kind of thing it's interesting because, like, I really, like, I find that phrase cute. Like, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. But also, it's sort of become, like, appropriated into this thing of, like, this is just shitty old pop-punk fans. <laughs> I don't know. I want to come up with a new one, like, defend, I don't know, um, defend your cat or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with one off the top of my head and it's not going to work. Yeah. Because I cannot improvise. <laughs> That's all right. But the because it sort of I guess it goes back to because there was punks the punks not dead yeah yeah and then didn't that also branch off into when like pop punk was a thing and was sort of dying out I guess there was pop punks not dead yeah yeah so I guess it's just another iteration of that but it yeah. was popular I remember defend pop punk yeah yeah I remember that reaching our shores yeah we should defend pop punk. I mean, I feel like we do on a weekly we, well, basis. Yeah, with that's this exactly podcast. it. We definitely should have grown up by now, but here we are. <laughs> so, I feel like we're we're using a medium to to you know put something on our resume. True. So yeah, that was basically the all the facts about Man Overboard. I I mean, I, I 
the biggest one again was yeah the defend pop punk thing yeah um, yeah the shirt when I was looking on their website I think you couldn't really buy just a plain one it was like camo print Ugh. defend pop punk as I think well. that kind of set yeah that says it all as well which it's makes just... me wonder if they sort of tried to distance themselves from it a bit but I don't know um, what do you think of their cover um I like it. Me they, too. Yeah, they do it well. Um, again, if you had not told me uh, that there were three guitarists, I would never have picked it. Mm. You, pro- you possibly wouldn't have even picked that there was a second guitarist. No. no. Um, I just googled the Defend Pop Punk. I'd forgotten that there's like a rifle in the middle of the... Yeah, because like, yeah, that... that was their logo. It was two rifles and a love heart. Ugh. I, I can't really talk because, like, back in the day, my cam had, like, the circle of, like, pistols and MCR in the middle as, like, an armband. I really wanted it. I have two t-shirts that I still wear for two wrestlers, and they were a part of a faction called the Bullet Club. Yeah. And it's a skull with two machine guns. Look, it's that, th- it's that thing of, like, it's similar to, like, why the kinks call themselves the kinks. It's, like, it's a bit provocative, a bit dangerous, but mm. also... Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's... I agree with you off the bat. Like, this is, like, a categorically, like, good example of what punk ghosts should be. Hmm. Like, it's actually a punk band. I said that? You did. Oh. You're very smart. And, yes, this said, this said a lot about how much you talk. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even listen to myself. I know. You've just filtered it out. That's interesting. Um, But like, yeah, like it's a legitimately like punk in, I guess, air quotes band being the kinks being covered by a contemporary punk and again an air quotes artist. Like this is it. Yeah. And yeah, they do it really well. It's, yeah, yeah. I find this one less sort of on the nose. Mm. I think mostly, like, just the cadence of the singer slash singers and... It's snotty. Bratty. It's Yeah, it's yeah. bratty, but not in sort of like a... Again, sort of like that... It, sort of the equivalent of like, it's a hard knock life yeah. for us. Like, yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like they're anti-Christmas or making fun of anything, but it's... It's just their brand. Their brand is being a little bit bratty, and and it really goes well with this song. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a nice touch. I'm just now that I've gone and googled everything. One thing I appreciate is the, and it's not much, but like the bit about the machine gun. They say so I can scare the pricks. Yeah. And again, like that's hardly any better, but. Mm. It's a bit more pointed and directed anger as opposed to just like, yeah, I'm going to go out and just scare everyone. Like, you shouldn't be scaring anyone, but like, if it's going to be anyone, make it be the pricks. It's a bit bit problematic when it's an American band as well. Like, give me a gun and I'm going to scare everyone. It's like, your country has like school shootings Mm. every other month now. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um... We get to a good example of that later on in the other covers, but... I think, yeah, this is, like, in Australia where our gun laws are very strict, and rightfully so, like, it's sort of more permissible for us to 
like wear shirts with guns on them and talk mm. about guns because like that's not an option for us but yeah it's sort of within the optics of a band that has defend pop punk with camo print and a gun on mm. it saying I'll take a machine gun so I can scare all the pricks on the street mm. it's like oof I'm gonna defend this pop punk with my life yeah it hmm <clears throat> Jesus you, you really could get into, like, the military-industrial complex in the US, but I'm, yeah. I don't want to. No. Because it's just it's, bleak. All I'm going to say is, when you come from a country that has gun control, mm. and you look at it at another country from the outside, and you go, we've seen firsthand that it works. Yeah. And it works. So, but we, yeah. we won't name names which country that is, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. I wish that in the... So in the like in the thing where it's, you know, get my brother a Steve Austin outfit, get my sister a... Um, cuddly toy. Cuddly toy. I wish they changed it for something relevant of the time. Yeah. And, and as I said to you, so it's Steve Austin, so the $6 million man. Which I was just like, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're like, no... No, because of the, you know, the late 70s, that's what was... Mm. Yeah. Um, if this had been... If Punk Goes Christmas had been released in 2001, 2002, then yeah, that yeah. would have been... That could have then just translated to get me a Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin outfit. I'll get my brother a Stone Cold Steve Austin outfit. Which would essentially be just shaving your brother's head, giving him a goatee, and <laughs> and putting a, a, a leather vest on him that, <laughs> sure. that has the word BM... Or the letters BMF... Yeah. Embroidered um, onto it. But yeah, like, it's not hard to just sub in, which we'll see in one of the other covers that oh. they do. But, like, it's not hard to make it contemporary. Yeah. And I think, especially with this song, because it is so British and so 70s, like, just things like, we won't only want the real McCoy, like, having something to bring it into the present would help. Because otherwise, yeah, just, again, it sounds really sort of anachronistic and, yeah. Although I would have probably groaned if they'd said, and I'm going for some, for more of a reference now, not, you know, 2013 or 15, whenever they did this. But if they'd said, we only want whatever's on fleek, I would have gone, oh, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck off with that. I feel like people don't say on fleek anymore. We've been watching... We've been watching Sex Education and that, and I'm pretty sure they say it on that. <laughs> True. I'm just trying to picture. <laughs> we are. I said, don't make me laugh. We only want what's on fleek. <laughs> we only want what's keeping it 100. <laughs> we only want what's fire. really want to am i aging myself i love it i really want to do like a cover of this which is just like full of like fucking zuma lingo (laughs) a gang of kids came over and bodied me and yeeted my reindeer to the floor they perished (laughs) Oh my oh. god, Father Christmas, Venmo some money. <laughs> uh, 
Please subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I uh, really want to see that now. Oh. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It could work or it could not. And like, it just gives a whole new meaning to we want your bread so don't make us annoyed. Come yeah. on. Let's get this bread. Mm. Anyway, yeah. this is fast becoming very not funny, so let's keep talking. <laughs> um, what do you think of the cover? Oh, no, I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's really good. I mean, it's, it's a really solid cover for a really solid song. Like, they could have fucked this up and they don't. Yeah. Um, as I said, like I, I like the level of brashiness to it, but it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, Christmas. Yeah. Right. It sort of it plays well with the idea that, like, Pop punk is just earnest as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, they love themselves a bit of novelty and Christmas is perfect for that. Yeah. And also it's very welcome to not have like a bloody chugging breakdown. Yeah. I do like that they don't, they sort of changed up enough. Like there's not the xylophone or yeah. anything. They just do like palm muted sections. Mm. Um, they do take out the guitar solos though. And they've got three guitarists. You're telling me... <laughs> You tell me one of those guitarists couldn't pull off a basic guitar solo. No, because it's not three chords. Power chords. That's true. Mm. That's true. I actually use three chords in in our intro as well. As you should, because that's pop punk and we must defend it with our lives. <laughs> Sorry, I had to... I had to remember that. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> three notes. <laughs> I was wondering why you were drawing a triangle in the air with your finger. But Illuminati confirmed. Just, I'm thinking of that bit from Auntie Donna. He's like, oh. don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that was very, very good. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the other versions. Yeah. So this is the first time... All religion you... is bad, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that was their logo, or still is their logo. It was the cross with the no. <laughs> no religion in this room. <laughs> Smoking is fine. Anyway, what do we think of the bad religion one? I like it. This is kind of like if, if Punk Goes went back to the early 90s, like the mid-90s. Yeah. Um... Though when you listened to it, you brought up a good point, which... Which I'm very proud of, because I don't normally hear, like, just those little bits. Yeah. Unless I'm, like, fully concentrating. But, like, I don't understand how they treated the harmonies in this. Yeah. Like, they... Whoever's harmonising comes in 
just have very bizarre like syllables like at the end of each line as opposed to just doing proper harms which makes it sound like they've got bad reception yeah like yeah. it just sort of and i can't tell if it's just crap recording quality or like but it's, yeah it's like father christmas give me some money like i don't you know when you see like someone who's it's it's you know writing out a sentence that's making fun of someone and it's in like lowercase capital yeah, lowercase like capital lowercase like the SpongeBob meme yeah. yeah but it just yeah it's weird and I don't know what like if it was a choice and it isn't just the product of like shit recording how however that might happen like why did they do that mm. I don't get it it's also and I don't even think the Kinks really do this it's also you listen to the chorus and he's kind of doing a British accent. Yeah. And, and... I mean, like, the Kinks don't do it on purpose because they're British. Because they're British. But, like, it doesn't really come through, though. No. British accent. Um, which, sometimes it does. And, yeah, like, the real McCoy... That's not a British accent. I don't know what that was. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I like to hear that sort of stuff, but... And it just made me... just made me think, like, I didn't... Said to you, you may know what nationality they are, but have a look at the Kinks and tell me what nationality they are. And you went, they're definitely British. I was like, yeah, they just British people have a look about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, and it also made me think, Santa Claus before like the nineties was just frightening. Just how so? Just like I don't know, like just this band dressed up as Santa Claus. They're kind of emaciated looking and just mm. sallow and it's like that's a creepy santa yeah it's it's like it's like santa dave said you know yeah. santa claus in the 60s is just kind of like you just yeah uncanny you have to yeah you have to be able to buy into the fantasy like mm. if i see a skinny santa i'm just like i don't trust you like yeah. fuck off yeah what are you doing yeah, yeah. like i still remember like one of my early experiences of, like, a mall Santa was, like, a Santa walking around, like, the IGA supermarket in country Victoria. <laughs> and, yeah, like, handing out these gross lollies. And mum was like, oh, okay. I was just like, no. no. Like, because, yeah, he was, like, he was probably the owner of the supermarket walking. Mm. And I was just like, get fucked. Like, I do not know this man. Yeah. But, yeah, if you see, like, a big jolly Santa, then he's like, fuck yes, let's do this. Did you ever receive a letter from Santa? No. Two years in a row I received letters from Santa. Oh. Um, Did they suspiciously look like your mum and or dad's handwriting? No, it was uh, typed out. Are you? Wow. There was, uh, and I received it in like August. What? Um, what it was, was there was a service. Okay. And I remember years later seeing it on the docket. Right. At the, you know, after shopping. What it was was a service and you'd pay them and you'd give them your kid's name and like maybe some things that they liked. And oh my God. these people would write out a letter and send it to you as Santa Claus. That's an interesting um, example of outsourcing something that you could just... Do yourself. In like five minutes. Yeah. You're like you know your kid better than anyone. Yeah, as an adult I'm just mad that, <laughs> I'm just mad that my dad just didn't write it himself. Aww. See, they thought they were doing the right thing, though. They did. I don't know. We used to, like, do the whole, like, leave carrots out for the reindeer. Yep. And, yeah, I think, like, I can't remember if it was cookies and milk or, like, a beer or something. But We left out mince tarts because my parents were the only ones in the house that would eat mince tarts. 
I'm picturing your dad being like, he really likes shots of espresso. Like, I'm thinking uh, maybe some like Nishiswar salad or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, an affogato. Santa Claus likes affogato. <laughs> Leave the ice cream out. <laughs> Let it set just right. Pour the coffee over the top. A pineapple fritter. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, we need to get back on track. Uh, so, yeah, bad religion. I don't have a segue for it. Um, besides the, the weird harmonies. It's fine. Yeah, kind of. It's just fine, isn't it? But it's just like, there's something about the enunciation as well that just sort of feels like, it's almost like he's stumbling over his words a bit. Yeah. And I don't get it. How long do you think they were in England for for him to develop a fake British accent? Like two weeks? Like, not at all? I'm like It's not something you need to look up. It's a joke. I know, but, like, I'm just trying to think who's in bad religion. Because, like, Tim Armstrong even has, like, a weird sort of pseudo-British accent kind of thing. Really? Well, just, like, his weird, like, accent. I know Madonna adopted a British accent when she was married to Guy Ritchie. <laughs> oh, Madge. <laughs> you are a character. Um... That's all the thoughts I have on bad religion at this juncture. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no bowling for soup. Exactly. Don't give my brother a Spider-Man outfit. Don't give my sister a cuddly toy. Don't want a jigsaw Monopoly money. We only want the real McCoy. Father Christmas, give us some money. We'll beat you up. Bowling for Soup cover. This is great. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I love with Bowling for Soup whenever you... Similar to me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Like, if you mm. hear Bowling for Soup doing a cover, you're like, fuck yes, yep. Bowling for Soup. Like, it does what it says on the box. And it's great. It, this is what it would have sounded like if they were doing Punk Goes Christmas in, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. This is 100% what, what it would have sounded like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... It just works. It just works really well. Um and they add enough to it to make it their own as well. Like even just at the end, like the almost sort of double time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's a Spider Man outfit. Yes, See, and that's one of the things as well. Spider Man will always be in fashion. Yes, you could put you could have put Spider Man in the nineteen seventies, and that would have been popular. And you could put Spider Man in the twenty tens, twenty twenties, and it's still popular. Yeah, yeah. It's... I love Spider Man. <laughs> I know you do. Um. Yeah, to me, like, this is, again, another sort of perfect example of, like, what you would expect from a Punk Goes cover. Yeah. Except that it's not technically a Punk Goes cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's just them enjoying the song and having a great time. I, um, accidentally just mistyped 
our next band, Letters to Cleo, as Letters to Clip. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, Bowling for Soup, like, I love... Yeah, they just... They're so distinctive. Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to being able to talk about them further down the line in the Punkos universe, because we do bring them up at some point, and yeah. it's going to be sick. It is one of my regrets is my one of my regrets but not that not great <laughs> not that great but like 2013 Soundwave I want to say and they played and I didn't yeah. go see them were been... you were we physically at Soundwave that year? yeah damn it yeah that was the year we went with um we went with my friend Ryan yes and his partner Tiff yes and she brought her two like That's colleagues right, yeah. who went to see Bowling for Soup and then they went to Sydney to go see Bowling for Soup again <laughs> And I think they did it like a sideshow as well, and they That's saw Bowling wonderful. for Soup. So. They're just soup fiends. That's brilliant. What are, what are the uh, what are the soup fans called? The soup kitchen. I don't know. The bowlers. <laughs> the the <yeah>. Campbells. <laughs> the ladles. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, but That's... no, it's, it's it's just great. Yeah. Um, letters to Cliff. Give my daddy a job cause he needs one. He's got lots of mouths to feed. And can you melt down all the machine guns so the kids are safe on the streets? Father Christmas, give us some money. We got no time for your silly toys. We'll beat you up and hit up. cover is also excellent it is and it's nice to hear a woman for once and it's that i can't remember which one we were talking about but it's that sort of you know punky mid-90s female vocal that i yeah am always drawn to yeah will always be drawn to that sort of raspy voice Mm. yeah the reason i was looking them up was to try and get a copy of their lyrics because they update some wording somewhere i can't remember what it was so they say melt the machine guns and i think it's to keep the kids on the street safe or something yeah, yeah. keep the kids off the streets or something like yeah, that yeah yeah something yeah. like that um which i which i liked yeah it's and that to me yeah that's more congruous with like what i think the message of the song should be but again, like, there's still the whole, I'm a mole Santa and I got beaten up by kids. Mm. Like, here's what they said. <laughs> like, to, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it's a good cover. I'm really not giving much away in terms of what I actually like. But yeah, they're just, they're good. Again, it's just that thing of like, they're definitively good. Yeah. What else is there to say? Yeah. Uh, whether, you know... It's a message about Santa Claus's son not doing the job right, or who knows what else. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you give these songs? I give them a hell yeah, all round. Yeah, me too. Even the bad religion one, because I'm feeling generous. It's kind of weird 
And I've never really listened to Bad Religion. That was more my brother's band. Yeah. Um, I never got into them. But it does feel a little bit off to say... To, like, say hell no. Or, yeah, nah, to, to Bad Religion on a punk podcast. Yeah, it feels blasphemous. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to like them even though... Like, it's perfectly fine not to, because they're also very, like, defend pop-punk. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really buy into the things of, like, oh, you need to, like, I don't think it's blasphemous to not like the Beatles. I don't like the Beatles. But I do think it's a bit blasphemous to not like tacos. What? I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm getting delirious in my state. Yes. You've been talking for entirely too long. Um... Hell yeah, yeah, not for you. Oh yeah, hell yeah, for both. And excellent, noted. I'll write that down for record keeping purposes. Next week we are looking at we're going to do a back to back song situation. Songs. Yeah. Um. Essentially, we've just shoehorned a bunch of Christmas songs into every Christmas until the end of this project. We like to. We like December to not be entirely Christmas. Mm. We like to buffer it a little bit, either with a song before or a song after. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing both. I think we're doing a song before and after. Yeah. This year. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be two Christmas songs. One of them is a cover. Yes. Would you like to tell us what it all is? So, it is... So, the cut. Co- Fuck me. This outro is... Absolutely rubbish. Um, so the cover song we'll be looking at is This Christmas by Donny Hathaway, as covered by The Somerset. And we will also be looking at an original, uh, There Will Be No Christmas by Crown the Empire. Mm. Can't wait. Last one yep. for the year, and then we don't have to worry about this again for another 52 weeks. Well, a bit so- uh, Like 49 at that point. Yeah, good point. Um Damn. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>